Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Welcome. Good morning. I also want to welcome you online, church, and thank you for joining us here today. So who is excited for story time? (laughs) All right, well, I'm very excited to share with you what I've learned during my studies with this parable, the talents. So before we read the parable in Matthew 25, I just want to set the scene up for you. So we have a man, we're going to call him the CEO of this company, and there's three servants, his workers. This man has something very valuable that he has given to these three servants and asked them to take care of. What he gave them was talents, and during this time, the talents were like a bag of money, more specifically like a bag of silver, so they were very valuable. But he was the owner of these talents, not these men. He only gave gave the men these talents to be managers over them so that they can do the one thing he needed them to do, and that was to multiply these talents. So with that in mind, let's just go ahead and read together. Matthew 25, 14 through 30, you can read in your Bible, or you can read along on the Sky Bible above. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own abilities. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent, he came and said to the Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not reaped. Excuse me, scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at the coming, at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who already has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I have a question for you all this morning. How many of you 
use your God-given gifts and talents to enhance and multiply God's kingdom? How many of you even realize that the gifts that God has given you don't even belong to you? Just like the man in the parable, those gifts belong to God. They don't belong to us. Not your car, not your home, not your children, not even your own life. In regards to your children, you're supposed to use them even to multiply and enhance God's kingdom. Speak children into, speak God into them, speak Jesus into them, and allow them to speak Jesus into their children and into their children, and that's how you also multiply the kingdom. We are supposed to be managers over the gifts that God has given us, just like the men in the parable. He asked them to manage these things, and he asked them to do one thing, and that was just multiply. When God gives you a gift, how would you even have the nerve in your heart to say, no, Lord, I don't think it's for me. I don't think I want to use your gifts today. I'm too afraid. Let me just go ahead and dig a hole and, and stick this gift in the ground because I feel a little uncomfortable to tell people about you. These gifts don't even belong to us, so we shouldn't even have the nerve to say no to God. One day, Jesus will come and he'll return and he'll ask us, what did we do with the gifts that he gave us? One day, we will be held accountable for everything that we've done here. And Romans 14, 12 states, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. What will you say? 2 Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So if you're like servant number one, God will look at you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But if you live your life like number three and you refuse to use your gifts or good, he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, you wicked and lazy servant. I know I don't wanna see God and hear him say that to me. How awful would that be? Another question for you. What do you think causes someone to take something as valuable as a gift that was given from God and hide it? So we learn in this parable, fear does that. We learn laziness does that. But something else that I noticed that God's word stated here is wickedness also does that. And I was a little confused by that when I read this because I thought, Lord, why would you call this man wicked? I've been fearful. I've been afraid to use my gifts. I might have been a little lazy sometimes, but I would never consider myself as wicked. So I started researching and studying and looking into why would he write that in here. And then I find that also here in God's word, it says that the CEO that we call them, the man, he asked him when he came back, why couldn't you even at least just take in the money to the bank and just deposited it in there so that it can at least grow interest. Why couldn't you at least do that? And then I realized that the bank holds records of everything that you do. There is a register of everything that would have happened to that talent. So because of that, he didn't want to be held accountable to that. So he took that talent and hid it in the ground. He might have very well been fearful a little bit, maybe lazy, but he was also wicked because he was hoping that that man may never return. And then he could just dig it back up and pocket it and that money was his. So wickedness is also another reason why someone may hide their gifts. 
Another reason it's personal to me is shame. Some of you may already know my testimony. I've told it before. But years ago, when I was a little girl, I always spoke in the church. I grew up in the church. I danced at the church. I also was a ballet dancer. There's me in one of my classes. I did tap, jazz. I always was okay with stage presence, never afraid to be on stage and speak. But then I went into the world, and I just started living my life away from God, and then I used my talents for bad. I went and became an exotic dancer, and I started using my talents that God gave me, which were pure and good, and used them and turned them into something bad. But through God's grace, he took me out of the darkness and brought me back face to face with him. And I just loved being in his presence, but I did not want to use my gifts anymore. The enemy just kept getting in my head and telling me that my gifts were now tainted, they were dirty. So I dug the biggest hole that I could and I just stuffed them in there. And never again did I want to dance, never again did I want to speak in front of people. Even if I was invited to speak, I was literally paralyzed that I could not even just stand in front of people. Even right now in this moment, this is very uncomfortable for me. It may never be comfortable for me, but it is not about me. Through this moment, through no matter what I feel, God is going to get the glory because I put myself to the side and I know that the gift that I have is a gift that is going to bring glory to God because people know me and they, they call me shy, they've called me quiet, but they know that the reason, the only reason why I can stand here and do this is that the Holy Spirit that works through me. I still remember the day that I got my calling into ministry. I remember wondering, what in the world? Lord, why would you ask me to do this? How am I supposed to do this? And he said, I know who you are. I know who you are now. Don't worry about who you were before. I will get the glory for this. So I say to you, if God has told you who you are and told you what your gifts are, never let anyone else speak anything other than what God has shown you over you. They may say, you know what, you're not very good at that. That is not what your calling is. Just like they spoke over me, ministry, that is, I know you, Simone, that is not you. But let me tell you, your response to that is, I may not be good at it now, but I will be good at it one day. And those of you that are not very sure of what the Holy Spirit is or who he is, I invite you to get in tune with him because the Holy Spirit is your friend. He guides you. He speaks to you. He shows you the things that you need to know. So just go ahead and just ask him, what are my gifts? And then just wait and listen and let him tell you. Now, we have a call to action at this moment. If you are not partners with us here at the Father's House, I invite you to join Growth Track. So you can learn about our culture, you learn about who, you, who we are, and learn about the Holy Spirit more, but also we have the spiritual test there, and you can learn about what your gifts are. And then if you end up that you're working in the parking lot on a Sunday morning bringing order to that parking lot, oh my gosh, give it your best you can and do the best that you can at it. If you are one of the greeters at the front bringing a smile to everyone's face, just think about that single mom that walks in all rushing and one child vomited on her shirt and the other one is screaming and this one's got a poopy diaper. And she shows up at the door just exhausted, 
But here you are and smiling and you, you wipe her shirt off with a tissue and you grab one of the babies and you bring her in. That young girl will come back remembering the compassion that you had. If you're visiting the sick one day, don't think, I do nothing. I just visit the sick and I sit here. No, you are bringing Jesus into that room. You are bringing Jesus into that life of that person laying there and you are bringing Jesus into their hearts. No gift is bigger or smaller than any other. All gifts are valuable. So let's all aspire to be like servant number one. So that when Jesus says to you, I just need you to use your gift. I just need you to do what it is I'm asking you. Multiply and enhance my kingdom. Just do the best that you can. But if in this moment you feel like you're servant number three like I was, and you just feel like you're still afraid, maybe a little lazy, maybe there's some wickedness in there, I invite you to find the biggest spiritual shovel that you can find and just dig that gift up, pull it out, dust it off, and use it. Don't be afraid. I understand what that feels like, trust me. In this very moment, I understand. But don't think about yourself. Move you to the side and think about all those other people that you can be blessing by just using your gift. Here at the Father's house, we need you. There's so much to do. So I invite you to do that. And I thank you and I love you all. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, thank you for this moment, God. And I thank you for using me. And all I want to be is a vessel for you, no matter what I may be feeling on the inside. Use me, Lord. And I pray, God, that this message, whoever it may be for out there, that they will be used by you and they will stand firm with your Holy Spirit. God, let us serve you and let us serve you boldly. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to talk about prayer this morning, but let me ask you a question. Have you ever prayed bad prayers? Uh, look at your neighbor and say, bad prayers. Bad prayers. You ever prayed bad prayers? I want to tell you this morning, this parable that we're going to look at, Jesus is saying, I want you to pray bad prayers. Whoa. Now, it's found in Luke chapter 11. If you want to turn there, I'll be looking there and beginning at verse 5. But remember, at the beginning of Luke chapter 11, Jesus' disciples ask, teach us to pray. And Jesus gives them, sometimes people say the Lord's Prayer. That's not his prayer. His prayer is at the end of John uh, chapter 17. But this is a prayer for his disciples to say and to model. I heard Elmer Towns once say, I challenge you to pray this prayer, say this prayer every day for the next year and see if your life doesn't change. He says, just say it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. People say, but I thought the Bible said don't have vain repetitions. Vain repetitions is when you say something with your mouth, but you're not believing it in your heart. So I challenge all of us from this day to next year at this time, let's pray, let's say this Lord's Prayer every day. So anyway, he's telling them about prayer, and then he inserts this parable that we look at today where he's encouraging them to pray Bad prayers. Look at this. Then Jesus, you can read along with me or the Sky Bible. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. Say midnight. midnight. That's past my bedtime. How about you? And you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and he's come to me and I have no bread to offer him. 
And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked. My children and I are in bed because they'd have a one-bedroom, they'd have a one-room house. So everybody's sleeping on the floor. And he said, the door's locked and my children are in bed with in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. But I tell you, though he will not get up and give you bread because of the friendship, yet because of your, read it with me, shameless audacity. Underline that. Look at that. We're going to come back to that. Some of you, your translation says persistence, but we're going to look at it a little deeper. Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, read it with me out loud, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Now he goes on and says, for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if you have a son, ask for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil or human or ordinary, will know how to give good gifts to your children, read the last line with me out loud with gusto. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The big thing about this parable is that we have to understand Middle East hospitality. In the Middle East, your door to your dwelling was open all day long and of the evening. Anytime anybody wanted to come by, it was big on hospitality, you could just drop in. But at night when it was closed, it was for security, safety, and all that. And so we have a friend of a friend. And so he has some travelers that show up at midnight. Now we say, whoa, what a terrible time for people to show up at midnight. But you got to remember how hot it was. And they would often travel of the evening into the night because it would be cooler. And so they show up at midnight, knock on their door, knock on his door because hospitality was a big thing. The guy welcomes them in, probably washes their feet, gives them all of that. And then he realizes he doesn't have bread for them. So he goes to his next door neighbor who's a friend, knocks on the door, and it says that because of your shameless audacity, he would get up. Now, shameless audacity, I want you to look at that word. In the word, the word in Greek is onadius, onadius, if you look there on the screen. And onadius uh, uh, means shameless. Uh, it's the on, A-N, the prefix, negates the word odious. The word odious means, read it with me, it's a word for modesty, courtesy, reservedness, propriety. In other words, on audience says, you're, you're, you don't worry about what you're getting ready to ask. It may not be at the right time. It may not seem appropriate at the hour. In fact, the word there is actually the word, if you want to look, the best translation would be the word importunity a big long word there but here's what it means the word is a strong one read it with me shamelessness persisting in the face of all that seemed reasonable and refusing to take denial now some translations say that because of his persistence let me show you what the, this parable doesn't say all right sometimes we need to know what it doesn't say to get what it does say it doesn't say that God is a grumpy old neighbor. It's a, it's a parable of contrast. It's saying this guy was a grumpy old neighbor, but God is a gracious father that gives us what we need. This parable is not saying 
In prayer, you need to knock, 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 knock until your knuckles are bloody, and, and you're going to prove to God that you're serious about this prayer. Nope. And actually, contrary to a lot of teachings that you've heard, this this parable is not about persistence being the key to answered prayer. He doesn't say that the reason that the prayer was answered was because his continual persistence. But he said, no, it's because of the audaciousness, shamelessness of this. So when I said God, Jesus wants us to pray bad prayers, here's what I'm saying. He wants us to pray bad prayers. Here they are. Bold, audacious daring prayers. Say that with me. Bold, audacious, daring prayers. What kind of prayers do you pray? I wonder if sometimes God doesn't get bored with our safe prayers. Lord, help us tonight to rest well. Lord, be with my kids. Bless this food, Lord. Lord, we're getting ready to go on a trip. Give us traveling protection. Lord, I pray that you would bless us and give us favor. There's nothing wrong with any of those. But what if that's the only prayer that we ever pray? When I read in this book, they pray bad prayers. Think about this. Lord, shut the mouth of this hungry lion. Lord, bring these walls down so that we can conquer this city. And Joshua stood, he's fighting in a battle, it's getting dark, and he says, son, stand still. You talk about a bad prayer, bold, audacious, daring prayer. Listen to John John Knox. God, give me Scotland or I die. Give me Scotland or or I die. The Bible says that we're to approach the throne of God boldly in Hebrews. What kind of prayers are we praying? Just as soon as I started this teaching, some of you, the Holy Spirit reminded you of bold prayers that you used to pray. But because you haven't seen the answer yet, you've dialed down your prayers. Because you don't want to pray and then God... And people be disappointed because the prayer hasn't come answered. I'm here today to give us a wake-up call through the Holy Spirit to say, it's time, baby, to pray some bad prayers. Bold, audacious, daring prayers. Prayers that will upset hell. Prayers that will, 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 uh, will upset demons. Prayers that will enlarge heaven. Prayers that are so awesome. I mean, some of you used to pray for some of your lost children. But it seemed like the more you prayed for them, the farther they went away from God. And you look at their lifestyle, and you dial down your prayer. Lord, just keep them safe. Lord, bring them back. Remind them of where you are. Why not just stand and pray a bold, daring, audacious prayer? God, no matter what they're doing, no matter how far they're gone from you, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll bring them to an openness and understand who you are. You know, somebody says, oh, I got a headache. We say, okay, I'll pray for you. But then somebody says, well, I've got the C. You know, I've got cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know 3,248 people that died with that same thing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I hope hope you can get some drugs that'll help you. How about some bad prayers? 
bold, audacious, daring prayers. Would you mind I pray for you? And let's pray right now that by the power of God, he heals this cancer. He brings those rebellious cells back in order. How about with your business? How about with your business? Maybe, maybe even God is saying to you, it's time for you to start a business or expand it. And everybody's saying, no, 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 not now. Now's not a time. Simone, uh, you guys, it's not a time to expand your business. Have you not read the news? Haven't you seen those in your buying another building expanding? It's not a time. Why would you do that? Because I feel like God is saying for me to do that. This is a time when we pray, God, give me more employees. Give me better employees. Why not bold prayer? that we pray. Why not pray, God? I'm tired of seeing what I see on news. I'm believing that you can send revival. It's time to begin praying some things. Let me, let me encourage you to do what I'm going to do. I have a book, and I've recommended it to you before. It's called Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle. I probably read that book every year, and I'm starting this week on rereading it. I, I read some again yesterday. But not only that, but on our version plan, there also is a version plan of dangerous prayers. You say, well, what's version? Well, you go to the Father's House website, scroll down through there, all the beautiful people, and all the things that are going on, and you'll see a daily Bible reading plan, and you'll see that we have Meet Jesus or Knowing Jesus, Program 4, but then you'll also see dangerous prayers. I'm starting tomorrow again with that, and I would encourage you to join me. Sign up for that. Do it now on your phone. Do it. Out. Don't wait for somebody else, but do it now. Sign up for Dangerous Prayers and join me in the morning. I'll tell you, I'm going to put some things on there that God is saying to us because I believe that God is saying to us it's time to pray some bad prayers. Look at verses 9 and 10. He says, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, and I want you to knock. Now, in the Greek, I want you to look at this. It's, it's there on the screen. In the Greek, you look at this, and it's in the, what we call the, uh, the present active imperative tense or the mood. So it's really, not, it's really not a request. Jesus is saying, he's not saying to us at the Father's house today, I want to request that you start asking, seeking, and knocking. He's not saying, I want to request of you that you start praying bad prayers. I want you to see what this, the literal Greek translation is this. Read it with me. So I'm telling you, this as a command. As a what? Command. As a what? As a command. Keep on and never stop asking. Keep on and never stop knocking and seeking. Do you hear what he said? He said, I want you to keep on. I want you to pray bad prayers. I, I want you. People, people say, well, you know, you pray once and then you start thanking God. And if you pray again, it's in doubt. I think people who preach that should go back and read Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It said he went back and he prayed the same thing again. Oh, excuse me, Jesus, you're praying in doubt. And, and, you know, no. He says this. You keep praying. Yeah, the first time I pray, I'm going to say, Lord, I thank you. The answer's on the way. But if I don't see the answer today, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to take his command and I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm not going to dial down my prayers, but I'm going to ramp up my prayers in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus does this other thing, and he says, Now, which of you, being a father, if a son would ask you for bread, 
you wouldn't give him a rock. And if you'd ask for a fish, you wouldn't give him a serpent. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Now, I don't know about you, but as, as Simone said about the wickedness, that was a little concerning. And, and how do you figure that out? You really helped me with that. That was really good. In fact, you get an A for that, A+. plus. Okay, here we go. Put the pressure on me. But when I, when I looked at why would he? why would he now, he's talking about prayer, and then he says, as a good father, you ask and you receive the Holy Spirit. Because here, here's what happens. Sometimes we pray bad prayers, bold, audacious, daring prayers. Man, our, 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 our faith is up. Man, we're doing good. But it doesn't happen the first week. It doesn't happen in the second week. It doesn't happen in the third week. And so we begin to say, well, maybe, maybe it's not God's will. Maybe I should dial it down a little bit because I don't want to embarrass God. I don't want to ask him for something that, that, he, that he can't do. You ever had prayers that you're thankful now in retrospect you look back that God didn't answer? Anybody besides me? Oh, God, please don't let them leave me. Please, Lord, don't let them leave me. Don't let them leave the church. Don't let them leave this. Don't let them leave that. But now I look back in retrospect and I think, whoa, wow. We grew by subtraction. Or maybe you pray, oh, God, please, I know this is the person. This is, the, this is my soulmate. This is who I'm going to love for life. This is, who I, this is who I am. And, you know, and you just prayed, and, and they went off and married somebody else. And you look back now, as you say, thank you, God, for unanswered prayers. Thank you. Or, or you had a job. Lord, I know this is a job. I know this is a, You've opened this door. This is a job that you've got for me. I know this is a job. Please, Lord, please, Lord, give me this job. I know this is a job that I've been wanting for all my life. This is the firm that you wanted me. And you just thought that was it. But then fast forward and you look back and you say, oh, man, I sure am thankful that God didn't answer that prayer because he brought something so much more important into my life. You see, because... God says, I want to send the Holy Spirit to you because the Holy Spirit will help you know what is the heart and the mind of Christ. So when you pray, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, this is not the season. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, I've got to work with you and change you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say something else. So he said, I want the Holy Spirit. Because you see, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, sees from a different perspective. All I see is now. For instance, like... From where I'm standing, I'm standing on elevated position, so I can see things you don't see. I can see, look across the crowd, and I'll see somebody going. <laughs> or I'll see somebody playing on their phone. It looked like they're reading the scriptures, but every once in a while, they're going, yeah. So I know they're playing a game. That's not an amen. They're playing a game. Because of my elevated position, I'm able to see things that people don't even think I see. Jesus says, I don't want you to miss this. Ask, seek, knock, and the answer's coming. But it may not happen the way that you want. But realize this at the bottom end. God is a good father, and he gives us good answers to our prayer. I'd like for us to think about What kind of bad prayers should we be praying? 
bold, audacious, daring prayers. I'd like you to take out that new connection card. It's blank on the back, so it has a chance that you can write on it. And I'm going to join with you in prayer about some bad prayers that you need to pray. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's breakthrough. Maybe it's for your marriage. In a moment, we're going to sing a song again, part of the song. And I'm going to ask you not to bolt out. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to write on the back of that card what your bad prayer is, what you're praying for. And maybe it's so personal, you don't want to write it out. We're not going to broadcast these. These will go. Uh, in fact, in first service, Tim, I, we had people respond, right? Why don't you go ahead and just dump those out here so that we know that, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, are, that at the Father's house are going to start praying some bad prayers, some bold, audacious, daring prayers. And we as pastors and prayer team want to join with you in prayer. So I'm going to ask you to write that prayer that you have. In a moment as we worship in this song, instead of bolting out the door, I'm going to ask you to come and do as I'm doing, laying it on the altar. And we're going to believe with you. We're going to believe with you for bold prayers to be answered. Maybe it's for a friend. Maybe it's for a family member. Maybe it's for you, for your marriage. As you're writing that out and getting ready, I want to say this to those of you that are here today and those of you that are online, that maybe, maybe you, you've, you've never even invited Jesus into your heart. I mean, when you read this, when you read this parable, you realize, I, I can't even call upon the Lord because, you know, I, my sin separates me from him. God realized that. He realized that there would come a time in our life that we really would like a change and we couldn't do it by ourselves. So God so loved the world that he sent his only son because he loved us. Jesus lived a sinless life. He went to the cross, carried my sins and your sins, brutally beaten beforehand and placed on the cross. And he said, it's finished. The way to get to God the way for your prayers to be answered, it's finished because of Jesus. Oh, we sang that song earlier, right? Jesus. Nothing else but Jesus. But if you're here today and you've never invited Christ into your heart and into your life, Scripture said I could call upon him, call upon his name, and I could be saved. And, and I'd like to lead you in a prayer if that's you today. Would you mind bowing your head with me? And those of you that are continuing to write your prayers, go ahead and write those. But if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, into your life, you've never asked him to forgive your sins, to change you, he wants to spend eternity with you. But the only way he can spend eternity with you is through his son, Jesus Christ. Scripture said, as many as call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today... Maybe you've gone to church, maybe you've gone through motions, maybe you've done all that, but there's never been a time when you called upon his name and asked him to forgive you of your sins. Here's what he'll do today. He'll forgive you of your past. He'll give you a purpose for living. And he'll give you a future in the new heaven and the new earth. Wow. 
Let me lead you in that prayer today. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, thank you today for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I repent. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. As best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.